This podcast is sponsored by Gravity Fit. We all want to swing it like a tour pro, right? So we're working on our golf swings. We're trying to improve our contact and directional control. And I'll say one of the biggest things, caveat there, is while reducing pain and discomfort caused by poor movement in the golf swing. And around here, we like things like science-based, tour-proven, simple-to-use. Gravity Fit checks those boxes. If you haven't tried it out, it's feedback training equipment that can help you with your golf swing, your posture, spine and joint health. I actually have it in my office and use it daily just to help me bring awareness to my posture and avoid back and neck pain while sitting working for long periods of time. I know that that might seem strange here, but it's been super helpful. And then I take it to the range and help train my setup and movement patterns while doing some practice there. Can't recommend this enough. Like I said, it's in my office. I use it on a regular basis. Learn more at gravityfit.com slash golf. Use the coupon code GSL, Gravity Fit, stronger, longer, sweeter. You are listening to the Golf Science Lab podcast. My name is Cordy Walker, and I'm on a mission to figure out how to improve the way that we learn and get better at golf. I've been able to travel all over the world talking with leaders in the industry, from instructors to researchers to golfers themselves, learning how they're getting better at golf and what that means for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. So if you did not know, last week was the World Long Drive Championship and Kyle Berkshire came away as the winner. He just absolutely crushes the ball and has just been climbing up the past couple years with his speed and everything. And it's just, it's fun to watch. I mean, every time you see a clip of him hit a golf ball, I always just kind of stop and watch because it, it is something that is just awesome. And I wanted to go behind the scenes and hear a bit about his story. So his instructor is Bernie Najar and has been for the last 10 years, actually. Came to, Kyle came to Bernie as a, as a 12-year-old junior golfer, just like any other junior golfer. And, you know, they worked together. Uh, Kyle went and played in college and then kept working together during this transition to long drive. Great story. Lots of insights here into what Bernie saw, you know, what was different about Kyle as a 12-year-old and then how he developed so much speed. Like, where does this come from? And the answer might surprise you because Kyle was not always the longest hitter as a junior golfer. So I enjoyed this great insights into what it takes to, to develop as an athlete you know, as a master of any skill, really, some of these principles apply. And plus, we have some keys for speed as well from Bernie. So we're going to just dive right into this. And then on the post along with this podcast, you'll find some videos and images that you can reference as well. So enjoy. Hi, this is Bernie Najar. I'm the PGA Director of Instruction at Caves Valley Golf Club in Owens Mills, Maryland. And I've been teaching golf since 1994. I've had the good fortune to work with a lot of players of all skill levels and work at one of the best clubs in the country. Take us back. When was the first time that you, you met Kyle? So Kyle came out to see me in 2009. And at that time, I was working at Woodhome Country Club, which is about 15 minutes from where I teach now. And at that time, he was 12 and getting ready to play some high school golf. And uh, when he first came in, he wasn't exactly a big 12-year-old. And you could tell he was an athlete. Definitely had a sports background with baseball primarily as a sport before golf. 
and very gifted with his hand-eye. And there was something special about Kyle. I couldn't put a finger on it back then, but he was different. And, you know, when you meet outliers, sometimes it takes a long time to figure out what really makes him stand out. But uh, one of his amazing skills is his ability to hyper-focus. And like I mentioned, great hand-eye and just this ability to get in his own world and do what he's doing. And we trained for the past uh, 10 years a good bit, uh, especially before college. And, you know, a lot of juniors that you develop in that time frame, pre-high school, during high school, you're going to see different growth velocities. And in Kyle's case, he was, like I mentioned, not exactly the biggest kid. And interestingly enough, he turned into a much taller player as he got ready to go to college. And I say that in that his growth spurt really didn't kick in till junior year. And he actually grew an inch in his first year of college. So his body definitely was on the late side in terms of growth velocity compared to most kids. And because of that, he went through a tough time. And that adversity, I think, has served him well. When I say tough time, when he was playing junior golf at 8, 9, 10, 11, he was a fairly long hitter in his group. In fact, he'd outdrive most of the kids playing in a lot of the events and loved playing competitive golf. And as he got into his teens, a lot of the kids he was playing with were hitting their growth spurts and taking off in terms of growth and were bigger and stronger than him at the time. So he went from outdriving a lot of them to struggling to keep up with them off the tee. And that made him work really hard on developing a powerful golf swing from that adversity because a big part of his drive in golf has always been hitting the ball far. And by the time his growth spurt started to kick in and because we did a nice job of taking advantage of his speed windows, he really got exponentially longer right before college. And so when I say that, he went from not necessarily a kid that would be talked about as a super long hitter in high school, but all of a sudden, right around the summer before high school, at several qualifiers, I remember guys calling me up saying, wow, I just played with your student, and I cannot believe how far he's hitting the ball. And it was kind of neat for Kyle because that gave him a lot of confidence, and he was working really hard, and as he got bigger and stronger, the hard work and just the overall training paid off more and more. And, you know, he went to North Texas and I remember him sending me a text saying, check these numbers out. And it was a ball speed and club speed number that, for example, was in the one twenties for club speed and one seventies for ball speed. And I said, wow, you've picked up some, some distance again. He goes, yeah, that's my three wood. And I paused and thought about, I went back and looked in my computer at the TrackMan numbers from literally three months before, and it was a significant jump. And so anyway, he, he just kept gaining more and more speed. And by the end of 2016, when he decided to uh, give long driving a go, you know, he came in and we, we looked at things and he said to me, you know, what do you think? Do you think I can get to the 140s? And I said, I don't see why not. We don't, you know, we're not using a 48 inch driver. We've trained you to play normal golf because, you know, world long drive is totally different. 
And, you know, he had spent a lot of time working on his short game, working on his wedge play, trying to get better in those aspects. But when you really dedicate yourself to hitting it as far as you can, it's a little different training. But nonetheless, his fundamentals and being that he developed as a golfer to play all the shots, I think gives him a big advantage when he competes because he understands the game at a much higher level than a lot of the folks he's facing. And in addition to that, he's able to to repeat his golf swing a lot better. And fundamentally, his golf swing will put the club on the ball a lot more likely than his competition. And you can only imagine at 150 miles an hour now, and he's actually a little higher than that, uh, how precise you have to be to hit the golf ball in play. Because at that speed, if you're off by a degree, it's significant. So he's got great hands. He's uh, someone that, you know, I've seen hit lots of golf balls. He's done some awesome work with Bobby Peterson from One Stop Power Shop over the last probably 10, 11 months. And Bobby's a former long driver as well, who really has been a big help. And uh, when I say that, you know, Kyle's baseline swing, I would say to you and anyone, you know, we did most of the work probably before college and then during college, you know, some some tweaks, some maintenance, if you will. And then when he wanted to get into long driving, look at his looking at his swing on gears and looking at it on the swing catalyst motion plate, looking at the force data, we added some things to gain more options for him to hit the ball further. So he'd have different swing keys to see how he could get a little more vertical force, how he could get a little better torque number. But, you know, all in all, the foundation swing was already there. And, you know, when you get into long driving, you'll see Kyle's swing as well past parallel. Before college, it was getting, you know, right to parallel or, or just a fraction longer than that with the driver. But in an effort to pick up speed, we went for more backswing. We also went for a little freer movement in the backswing. Again, if you're going for, for max distance, you're going to let things work a little differently than if you're trying to hit controlled wedge shots. So things evolved. And as he got more into the long drive world, he met Bobby. And Art Salander's also been helpful to him. And these guys are, you know, they're experts in that arena. You know, I teach regular golf, not to say I don't help people gain distance or, or uh, work with players that hit it far, but long driving is a different animal. And Bobby was really helpful to Kyle in terms of getting some equipment changes so that, you know, today he plays with a, a different shaft combination than he was a year ago. And just training and doing the things in the gym that you need to do Bobby's done a great job with him there and can relate to Kyle about the competitive side of long driving. It's a little different, but, you know, Kyle's a guy that I've known since he's 12. We're very close friends. He's actually coming out later today. We're going to do some stuff together, and he's a wonderful story in golf. This is one of the most fascinating things is that he was kind of this late growth, right? That he wasn't always the longest hitter, um, like some people might imagine long drive, you know, folks are. Like, they've always just been, you know, freakishly long. So talk to me about that. Do you see that as an advantage that he, like, he's, he wasn't the longest, that he did, you know, grow late and had that speed come on, you know, later in his development? It's a great question, and it's hard to really tell you based on other experiences, because he's one of the few people I've had as a student who 
grew that late. We'll start with that. I'm very lucky that I had the background with, thankfully, uh, Dr. Greg Rose for the last 20 years. And, and Dr. Rose, you know, before he started TPI, he was in the Washington area and he was coaching long drivers. And he's been a great resource for me and their junior certification program that I went through around the same time I met Kyle, ironically, was the, the first time I had heard growth velocities and paying attention to speed windows and so forth were important to check on your students. So it was like the perfect storm for me to have a student like Kyle and then be able to apply some of the things I'd learned from Dr. Rose and TPI's program for juniors. And on top of that, uh, getting the measurement technology and being able to see, you know, a lot of times you can watch a swing on video and you might say, hey, you know, what, what's going on here? Why are his feet jumping off the ground or why is this happening? And then all of a sudden you see it under the hood, so to speak, and you see the force data and you see the efficiency and you realize, wow, that is incredible. And we didn't have that the first, you know, I, I got my motion plate to do the force data analysis about 2015. So, you know, I had it right when he was starting to play college golf and then certainly right before he decided to go into the long drive world, I had gotten up to speed with that knowledge. But, you know, we're blessed that number one, he's got the physicality and the mindset to do it. Not everybody has that. And then the other piece of it is kids need to be athletes. And this is a young man who was a great athlete in the making. He could have been a professional baseball player is my guess. He just happened to love golf. And he's a kid. I keep calling him a kid. He's an adult now that outworks everyone. You just cannot believe how hard he works. And, you know, if you put that same system requirement on someone else and his circumstances, maybe they'll develop freaky speed like that. But I think he's a unicorn in a lot of ways. So uh, I do have lots of things I've learned from Kyle. I've, I've learned more from Kyle than he's learned from me. I'll be the first one to tell you. But what I found with young players, the worst thing we can do is put a governor on their swing. And Jack Nicholas's coach, Jack Grout, I remember him saying when they asked him what made Jack such a great player. And he thought that Jack as a kid, because he grew up on a course where he could really let it go, he just told him, hey, get your hands as high as you can and hit it as hard as you can to go find it. And he thought that's why Jack was such a great driver. And I've always tucked that away under my pillow. And I think it's a big thing because, you know, nowadays everybody – we've got measurement technology, people are keeping stats. And it's easy to get too digital with your game and, and think, boy, I got to micromanage everything I'm doing. And kids, the, the real athlete, they need to be free. And, and a lot of times they're their best teacher. They can, they can feel things out. Kyle came in with a really strong grip. And I remember his dad and even Kyle saying to me, you know, people try to change my grip and I never hit it well. And I said, well, that's how you square the face. You're used to that. And we're going to work with your grip because there've been great players with strong grips and you'll get kids that come in and their hands aren't where Kyle's are and they hit great shots, but there's certain things you need to let the player have their own signature. And in Kyle's case, it was a strong grip, lots of vertical force in his golf swing. You know, he, he'd shock you if you, if you took him in the gym, he might not be the strongest guy of all the golfers. You know, he might not be the most mobile he might not have the best balance, but you know what? He applies things quite nicely when he swings and delivers 
the golf club precisely to the ball. And that's why I go back to amazing hand-eye and never having the governor on is what I think really made him be able to do what he's doing. But on top of that, not many people have hit as many balls and are willing to do what it takes like Kyle. You talked about speed windows a few times. Could you explain that a bit and kind of the role that 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 has? Well, the general thing that happens, kids, you know, somewhere in their athletic development before they turn 10, and it's, and you know, kids different, right? Because we have different age brackets where kids develop their athletic skills. But we'll just say somewhere in that 8, 9, 10 window, if they're playing sports where they're learning to change directions, and they're learning to be explosive versus someone who isn't, they have a huge opportunity to go faster in the next speed window. And you see that a lot. And today's population, so many kids aren't playing outside. So many kids aren't learning to change directions. I mean, when we grew up, not to date myself, we had monkey bars. Everybody could skip and jump. Everybody could, you know, crawl. And today there are a lot of kids, if you had them on the monkey bars, they wouldn't know how to do it. And it's unfortunate, but the best way to put it, Kyle's a real athlete and he played sports growing up that taught him those fundamental athletic skills and coupled with great genetics from his parents. His dad will like that, of course. And I give his mom all the credit, by the way. She's the one that made him the athlete he is. He's been able to take those skills and then during his, we'll say, gradual growth and then all of a sudden he gets that big speed window when i say the big speed window as as he started to become powerful and bigger stronger it was exponential because he was able to take what he had already done and build on it and it's different with all kids that's why you got to measure their growth and so when i have kids come in i know there are times where the worst thing i can do is tell them swing as hard as you can doesn't mean i'm going to say swing slow but i might be out doing more short game working more on their their game in terms of things that match up to where they are in their growth. And you know, there are times where you got to tell kids, hey, you got to take the cover off the ball. And the challenge is a lot of those kids are scared to do it because it's a control thing. So the, the big message I'd say across the board to anyone listening that's got young kids they're working with, make sure they're playing other sports. Don't get early specialization in golf. Make sure they're learning to do those fundamental sports skills. If they can't, get them to someone that can help them learn the baseline of it. Not everybody's going to be as agile and mobile as you'd like them to be. Not everybody's going to have the ability to run, jump, and catch as athletically as you might want them to be. But doing a little here and there would go a long way. And then, you know, ramp it up at the right time. And the right time is different for everyone. That's why you got to pay attention to where they are and more importantly, keep it fun. Yeah. Work on developing athletes first and then golfers as well. Yes. So you said, you know, asking players to, you know, hit the ball as hard as they can is something as an instructor that you would do. And I find that really fascinating because I know a lot of players that, you know, they're great players, but they never gain speed like Kyle did, even though he, he wasn't trying to do long drive, right? He was just out there and he was getting better, you know, all along. You said he was off at college and he was sending you numbers and they were just going up and up and up. And a lot of players just never do that. You know, they hit a plateau and that's where they're at and they never keep going and swing faster. Why do you think that he kept gaining speed and didn't just 
stop like most you know most players do well you have to understand the goals for him are different than most players and he felt his biggest advantage was hitting the ball far so he put his eggs in that basket he knows you know if you go back in time if he was playing par fives he could get two and two that others couldn't that was an advantage and you can see today on the tour i mean take the top 20 on tour aside from kuchar and Webb Simpson, who's a short, not that they're short hitters, I shouldn't say that, but who who struggles to hit the ball over 290? You know, they all bomb it. And what you have to do as a player is recognize what your strengths are. You know, Zach Johnson, he's not short. I've done corporate clinics with Zach. He hits the ball plenty far. I mean, he looks short on TV next to his peer group, but he's deadly with the wedge. And he's always been deadly with the wedge. So is Justin Leonard. And these guys, they knew they weren't going to be the longest hitter in the world. So what do they do? They made sure they had enough length and they keep working on it. But they always make sure their wedge game is master class. Same thing with Cooch. You know, Cooch has been the caves. I've had him on my force plate. His coach is a very good friend of mine. And we've looked at stuff. But again, you've got to find where you can really become great in the category and not everybody has that ability but the players that you hear about if you look closely at their game there's always something they do a little better in one area where they really stick out and for kyle it's been distance you know he's probably a guy if you look at his distance capability i don't think anybody in the game has it <laughs> i mean just look at his numbers it's it's not even close right now in his world long drive competitions if he hits the ball in play no one has the ball speed or the club speed or the endurance to do it for the entire competition now other kids at a different level can do similar things but it doesn't mean you can't play great golf if you don't have speed and distance you have to have enough distance for where you're trying to play there's a distance requirement in golf but you can make up for it with other shots and i think in kyle's case he knew intuitively that what was going to define him is how far he hits the golf ball, not how close he hits his wedge shots or how many putts he makes. And I'm not saying he's not capable of hitting decent wedges and making putts, but his biggest strength has been distance. So what an interesting response of why did he continue to to grow is because that was his strength. And so that's what he focused in on. I, I love that. That's not what I was expecting, but that's awesome. And let's end with this. So when he made the decision to, hey, I'm going to do long drive, what were the things that you changed in his swing to help him take that next step to even start hitting the ball farther once that was the focus? Well, the main thing is no big changes just finding out where we had opportunities to gain a little more speed and one would be lengthening the backswing and there are different ways to do that without having issues with accuracy which you know you have to always be smart about and and also make sure the body can do that the other thing is change of direction you know figuring out how to maximize his ground forces early downswing and as you'll see, most long drivers, are they're not even on the ground at impact on a pressure plate. You can't really see anything on a pressure plate with a long hitter. But on a force plate, you can, you can measure certain things that really help you understand the timing and the magnitude of those forces. 
So we worked on that. And he's done a great job with his workouts. He's incredibly disciplined with his diet. And the stuff he's doing with Bobby now is a whole nother level of, of uh, you know, just taking all that and tuning it with his equipment and getting more and more to where things repeat time and time again. And, you know, Bobby's got, and uh, he's got the one-stop power shop down in North Carolina. They actually have a long drive grid they practice on. And, you know, most ranges, I got to be honest, the caves, I'm running out of space. So when he comes out, I have to clear the upper tee, you know, 390 uphill, he starts one hopping it up to the member's tee, which isn't a good thing for me. I never had a student with that capability. It's an interesting problem to have, but the reality is he's worked his butt off. You're always looking for needles in the haystack and technology helps you with that. But above all, let these players be athletes. And if you want them to be great players, encourage them, especially at a young age, to stay with the other sports and they'll get to their full potential. Awesome. Bernie, thanks for hanging out and chatting about the story. Big congrats to to you on this. I mean, how cool is it to see someone develop over 10 years here? That's that's just, it's always got to be awesome to see. Yeah, it's great to see. I'm a small part of it. He's hitting all the shots. He's got great parents and family around him and lots of friends pulling for him. So it's it's not just me, but I'm honored to be a part of his team. People want to check out what you're up to. Instagram, they can go there. Where else can people find you? Yeah, so at Bernie Najar Golf is on Twitter, Instagram. I do have a Facebook page as well. And then BernieNajar.com is my website. And if you'd like to read a book I wrote, it's called The Game. And The Game is available on Amazon. And The Game's about enjoying golf on and off the golf course. There's lots of best practices for various aspects of the game. You'll learn how to get properly fit for your clubs. You'll learn how to find a teacher that'll help you with your game. The questions to ask if you're seeking advice from teachers or club fitters. And there's some long drive tips in there from Kyle. Just a couple, just a couple. But you know, what I can tell you is my book is not a cookie cutter book. It's going to help answer a lot of the questions people have. And it's a little guide. It's an easy read. And it's something that I would tell you, you can go back to at various points to get some solutions to some common problems. So enjoy it. And uh, Corey, thanks for letting me be on your show. Yeah, thank you, Bernie. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I thank you to Bernie for coming and chatting with us and give us an update on this story and going behind the scenes. I really enjoyed it. Make sure to check out Bernie, the book that he mentioned, The Game on Amazon. We'll have a link on the on the post along with this podcast on GolfScienceLab.com. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker, and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions.